Good morning. So uh, I'd like to start. So thank you very much, Ollie, for the introduction. Very kind of you. I'd like to start by saying how delighted I am to be here with you all today. Uh, the energy and enthusiasm in the room is absolutely fantastic. It's great to be in an in-person event. And it's also great to be at this particular event because I love the ethos of this event. I love the fact that this event is focused on business growth. I love the fact it's focused on how we can scale small businesses because it's something that's very close to my heart and it's something that I'm very passionate about. One of the real privileges about the job that I do uh, for Vodafone, looking after small and medium businesses, is that I get to spend a lot of time talking um, and interacting with small business owners and entrepreneurs and asking them questions about what it is that makes their businesses successful, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and what they're doing to really drive change forward. It's also a topic that absolutely fascinates us at Vodafone, and we, we call it the fit for future businesses. So these are businesses which we believe are ahead of the curve. They're businesses that are ahead of the curve they're self-confident, they're ambitious, they're driven, and they always seem to be prepared for whatever the world throws at them. And, uh, and let's face it, over the last couple of years, the world has been throwing quite a lot at us, so it's a really useful skill set to actually have at the moment. So we've done a lot of research on this, as Vodafone as a company. We've done it over the last couple of years. We've done it on a pan-European basis, and we've looked at companies, and what we've tried to understand is what are the characteristics, what are the traits of these businesses which make them successful, which make them better prepared, which allow them to capture opportunities uh, more than some of their peer groups. And what we found interestingly is as we went through it, it wasn't necessarily scale or sector or any of these factors that made a difference. The same topics kept on coming up again and again and again. And they weren't linked to that, they were more linked to mindset and behaviours. So what I'm going to try and do for you today is just try and boil that research. It was a big piece of research, and you know, you're more than welcome. I'll share the link afterwards for the entire research paper. But what I'm going to try and do today is just give you a sort of overview and boil it down into my five key lessons from that piece of research and from the work that I do with small businesses. So it's five characteristics, and we'll just walk them through. So the first one is a positive attitude to change. Now, that might sound uh, really obvious, and that might sound you know, uh, very general, but actually what we see with certain small businesses is that they take change as a real opportunity. They see it as an opportunity, no matter what's coming their way. They see it as an opportunity to change, an opportunity to adapt, and an opportunity to enter new marketplace or address new customers. And actually, you've seen that across the whole of the small business arena at a fantastic level recently with the COVID. Um, the fact that so many small businesses have pivoted their business model and actually changed to try and enter new marketplaces, it's been a fantastic response from an entrepreneurial community. And one example that I've got of this is, um, is a company called Northern Monk. So um, it's, it's a company that we've spent some time with. It's an independent uh, brewery uh, based in Leeds that was started with a £5,000 uh, gift from a grandparent. That business is now uh, selling in 23 countries. It's ranked in the, uh, the top 100 uh, breweries worldwide. And actually, its response to COVID was fascinating because it's gone from selling to the licensed trade, into pubs, etc., etc., to pivoting its entire business model to focus on beer subscription boxes, and their web store and introducing new variants of beer um, to their customers. And actually the outcome of that 
was a 1,000% increase in their direct-to-customer sales, which, which is amazing. Now, they benefited from the fact that uh, they used their social platforms, they used their community really effectively. They've got about 200,000 followers across their different social media platforms. And what they did was as they started to pivot their business model, they really focused on how they could engage their followers and how they could take their followers on that journey with them and how they could use that followership to help guide the journey that they went on. So it's a fascinating process. It's worked really well for them. Now, when I tell this story uh, to people, certain people say to me, well, it was, it was lucky or um, it was a case of, you know, their stars aligned, etc., etc." My contention and my answer to that question is, yeah, I, I don't believe it's luck. They made their own luck in this particular instance. They saw change, they embraced change, they saw an opportunity to respond to that change, and they, they moved quickly. And I think that's the piece around mindset which I referred to at the start. The second characteristic is an openness to new technology. And what I mean by this is a recognition of the power that new technology has to solve certain business problems. Now, again, it works well with uh, an openness to change. The two interact really nicely because if you're embracing change, you also enabled that change to be embraced through technology. So an example of this which I really like and which is you know, pertinent to the pandemic is a, um, is a company called Positive News. Now, this is a, a company who's a magazine and a news website that publish stories about what's going right in the world what they call constructive journalism. And um, we don't have a huge amount of it in this country, so it's really nice uh, to see what they do and the work that they do. But what they did when the pandemic hit was they started a crowdfunding site um, with the intention of printing and publishing thousands of copies of their magazine to distribute to NHS workers, which is a fantastic concept. They shared that. On their, uh, on their digital platforms, but the benefit that they got was that was picked up by a massive amount of other media outlets, and they got huge momentum as a result of that, and that momentum just grew and grew and grew. And the benefit that they got was as a result of that positive intent, their actual paid-for subscriptions then started skyrocketing as well, which is a fantastic result for them, but it's also a fantastic case of the demonstration of doing good, oh, sorry, doing well, by doing good, enabled by technology, which is great. And so an interesting company to have a look at. What I would also say is going back to my previous point on um, the interaction between technology and your ability to uh, capture change and opportunities. We've done a lot of research with the London School of Economics and Deloitte on this point, because I think it's a fascinating interaction. And what we were seeking to understand is what is the correlation between um, digital adoption and business opportunity identification. And what we actually saw is you know, an overwhelming you know, sort of position which stated that the more tech-savvy businesses are more inclined and more likely to firstly find business opportunities, but also be able to um, enable and interact with that business opportunity better. It's that technology that gives them the ability to adapt and gives them the ability to change more rapidly. So we keep moving. The third one is actively, actively plan uh, for future technologies. So whilst it's great to have new technology or existing technology in your business, what I find when I speak to um, a lot of what we call fit for future businesses 
is they've just got this congenital curiosity. They're constantly asking questions, constantly trying to say, you know, what's coming next, what's coming next, what's on the horizon, what's the next big technology, with the whole purpose of really trying to research and understand how new technology which is coming on the horizon might be able to help their business, might be able to benefit them, might be able to allow them to do something that they currently can't do, but doing it at a rate where they can get advantage versus their peers and versus their competitors by, by moving quickly. A good example of this was, um, was 5G technology. So when 5G uh, was launched in the UK, there was a massive clamour uh, from small businesses and SMEs around uh, that particular technology. And actually, a piece of research I saw the other day showed that 54% of SMEs actually thought that was you know, the uh, most exciting piece of enterprise technology that has been launched. Which is, which is fascinating, you know, interesting in its own right. The, you know, the questions that these small businesses were asking were, you know, can this allow more seamless you know, uh, access to my cloud services? Will it enable my, uh, my teams to interact uh, and collaborate more uh, remotely? Can I get more devices uh, connected into my operation, etc., etc., etc.? So there was a huge clamour of interest. And so when it actually became available in certain areas, you saw certain companies move really quickly and gain advantage as a result of that. And an example I've got on this one is a company called Bow Concept. So uh, Bow Concept is a, a Danish um, high-end uh, furniture and interior design company uh, based in the West Midlands, or a franchise in the West Midlands. And they were in short-term premises, um, fantastic space, you know, lovely space, beautiful space, uh, but terrible broadband, terrible connectivity. And on the basis that they were in short-term space and they didn't know how long they were going to be there, they didn't want to pay for you know, fixed, high-speed wireless connectivity into the site and have all the work done associated to that. They also didn't want to um, pay for long-term contracts because, you know, again, they didn't know how long they'd be there. So what they ended up doing is doing their research. They understood that actually 5G capability might allow them to do everything they need. They might not need fixed capability. When 5G came into the area, they swooped really quickly. And actually, they were then doing 3D rendering, they were doing you know, client online consultations, they were streaming content into their stores, all through, all through a 5G gigahub. And then when they subsequently went and moved to their shiny new offices, which are fantastic again space, they didn't look at um, fixed connectivity, they just took their, their 5G gigacube with them. So for me, the learning from this was they were looking ahead, they saw the challenges that they had within their business, they did their research, and when the opportunity came, they moved really, really quickly. And that's a point of differentiation for me. The fourth piece for me is around setting detailed plans and actually documenting these plans and sticking to these plans. Now, this may fly in the, uh, in the face of some of what I've just talked about, but what I mean by this is actually having documented, specific, funded, and measurable plans in place. Okay? And as I say, it might fly in the face of the agility and opportunism that I've just talked about. But in my mind, it's actually what enables that agility and it's what enables that opportunism. Because by having this in place, you can move quicker. You've got a more robust, you've got a more stable business. So when things happen, you're better able to adapt. And we saw this in the pandemic. 83% of fit for future businesses had uh, business continuity plans in place. And they proved to be invaluable when the pandemic struck. 
Because these were businesses that weren't then thinking about what's my business response going to be? You know, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to manage that? They were thinking about how am I going to look after employee welfare? How am I going to look after uh, health and well-being for my staff? But also, what are the new opportunities? How can I pivot my business and look at additional opportunities in the marketplace? And indeed, actually, about 29% of them actually came out of the pandemic better than they went into it. And that's a stark contrast versus sort of outside of the fit for the future cohort, about 25% or a quarter of small businesses had absolutely no disaster recovery plans in place whatsoever. They didn't think it was relevant, didn't think it was needed. So when you hit a point of impact like a pandemic, and yeah, no one could have planned for the pandemic, no one knew that was coming. But when you hit these points of incidence, you've got a more robust and you've got a more stable business as a result of that. So it is definitely something to consider and it's definitely something to keep up to date. And it's something to consider as a process rather than as a one-off hit because it's, you know, it's something that you can do and then forget about, but it's better if it's something that you do on an ongoing basis and think about how that evolves with you. The fifth characteristics is keeping up to date with emerging trends. So what I find is the fit for future business, as I talked about, they have this, they have this overwhelming curiosity and this desire to actually understand the forces that are shaping their business and the forces that are shaping the marketplace within which they operate. You know, they're really keen to speak to the thought leaders. They're really keen to understand you know, what are the changes that are happening um, in customer behaviours and customers' attitude. Because again, it allows them to identify emerging trends more quickly. It allows them to pivot uh, more quickly, which is an absolutely fantastic thing to do you know, in a fast-moving, ambiguous environment. And actually what you see, and what I love at the moment, is so many small businesses are using social media as their vehicle to gain insights and to speak to customers and have a more direct conversation with customers. And that's absolute gold dust, that insight that you can generate. And an example that I've got here is a company called Little Moons. So uh, Little Moons is a really fast-growing small business which has uh, its ice cream stocked in all the, uh, the major supermarkets um, in the UK. And what it's focused on through the pandemic is really engaging, and as the owners talk about, having a two-way conversation with their customers to understand you know, what are the flavours that the customers like, what are the new flavours that they'd like to see introduced, what are the ways that they can interact with their customers differently, as in, you know, stock themselves in different stores, um, have different competitions, but different ways of engaging with their customer base. And actually, they recently just did a new product launch in Selfridges that was supported by a competition. It was all announced via Instagram, but it's just a classic way of understanding that actually that engagement on an ongoing basis can make a really big difference in terms of understanding that behavioural shift in your customers and their attitude shift. What's also worth noticing is Whilst it's great to consider the changing behaviours of your existing customers and the existing trends that are starting to emerge and adapt, etc., etc., it's also worth thinking about how the market's starting to change and what trends are starting to emerge in the marketplace, which might create new opportunities and new customer bases, which I think is fascinating. So, a company that we've been working with is a company called Patch. And what they identified is that there was a growing market um, in the gardening sector for digital urban dwellers as in the gardening industry as a whole tends to service the older generations in the countryside. Got more space, got more money to spend, etc., etc. What the owner, Freddie Blackett, of Patch identified was actually there's a lot of urban dwellers who want to create that environment within the house but need a bit of help 
understanding what is the right plant for the space that I've got, ordering it online, because you don't necessarily want to take your plant on the tube or on the bus, so getting it delivered to your door, and then providing really simple and easy-to-use guides as to how you keep that plant alive. Because, you know, that's one of the risks associated with having these things. They just die straight away. But he's created a business on the back of that, and it's this emerging trend which has actually allowed him to grow massively quickly. And it's, he's seen the opportunity. He was the first one to identify the opportunity. He saw the emergent trend of this change in the mindset of the youth um, and the digital natives within that area. And he moved very quickly as a result of that. So I think... It's that gold dust of insights and intelligence and really asking questions and having that constant curiosity about what the market's doing, about what your customers are looking for, and the evolving trends. So that's the, that's the five characteristics that, um, that we've got from a, um, a sort of fit for the future business perspective. And that's looking backwards. What I also thought it was worth doing was just speaking to these businesses about what they perceive to be the opportunity moving forward and what they're thinking about moving forward. So what does a fit for future business uh, start thinking about at this particular post, well, I'm going to say post-pandemic world, we're nearly in a post-pandemic world, you know, we're sort of edging our way towards it. But what we're seeing is that they are in an optimistic state, you know, they've got a level of optimism um, associated with what they're doing, but they don't believe that they're going back to the pre-pandemic ways. Okay, they're placing their bets on five key things. And the five key things are here. So I'll, I will just quickly walk these, because I, I think it's useful to look forwards as well as backwards in terms of the, the research that we've done. And the five key things for me are the central pivot of it all is that uncertainty and disruption will continue. And as a result of that, the need to adapt and innovate on an ongoing basis remains consistent. And actually, when we speak to these businesses, they are continually adapting. I mean, three quarters of them were talking about new business models or investment in technology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is a real recognition that we are going to go through a period of just ongoing disruption and the ability to adapt and innovate and use insights to adapt and innovate is going to be absolutely pivotal. They also talked a lot about changing social attitudes and changing customer behaviours. Now, we've touched on that a little bit, but the focal point was that customers are definitely becoming more demanding. They definitely focused more on the quality of the products and services that they're, um, they're consuming. But there's also a really high degree of focus on a company's sustainability agenda, their ethical behaviours, and the purpose that they serve beyond just the commercial means. In fact, 90% of the businesses said that sustainability was no longer a nice-to-do, it was absolutely pivotal and central to everything that they were doing because of the changing shift in customer behaviours, which is a fascinating concept for us all to consider, particularly in the sense of you know, the purpose-based agenda and how we're servicing our community. Over and above that, there was a really high recognition and a really high focus on the difference that talent can make. And the recognition that actually you know, your star performers and your um, really uh, talented individuals can be the individuals within your business which enable you to have those breakthrough ideas which enable you to create the culture that you're really looking to create and the perception that you're really looking to create. But also, they're the ones that can come up with the initiatives which really separate you from your peer group. So that's placed a huge focus in terms of how do you recruit, attract, and then importantly, retain this talent. And so that's led uh, these businesses to start thinking about 
Okay. Well, one of the key elements here is our approach to sustainability and our ethical behaviours, because that's become a key point in terms of uh, attracting talent. But it's also about the, the recognition that work-life balance has shifted through the pandemic. Yeah, a move to remote working has become more pronounced and is likely to be sustained. So there's a real focus on that. There's a real focus on training, development, and also wellness of employees. How can we support the wellness of employees within the, uh, the operation? And finally, technology, great technology. Great technology allows great people to do great things. You know, it's as simple as that. And actually, it's something that's often forgot. And finally, we continue to see, and you know, it always makes me smile, we continue to see this real hunger for advice and insights. Okay, there's just this real enthusiasm to keep on asking questions and this real enthusiasm to think about what's coming next, what's over the horizon, what's the next big thing uh, that I, I should be thinking about. We see these business owners acting almost like magpies, you know, taking ideas here, there, everywhere, with this constant focus on how do I make my business more efficient? How do I scale my business quicker? How do I produce more quality in my products and services, et cetera, et cetera? So, that's been a really interesting piece for us um, in terms of that curiosity, and it's actually helped to shape um, some of our thinking, which I'll come on to in a second. But what I would say, and what I'm really keen to sort of uh, you know, land uh, for everyone, really, that's, uh, that's listening, is that building a fit-for-the-future business um, and being ahead of the curve is not an exclusive club. It's not something uh, that you know, is uh, only open to certain people. It is it's purely a mindset and a behaviours piece. Uh, in my mind, and all the characteristics and all the traits and all the research we showed comes back to characteristics um, linking to mindset and behaviours. You don't need to be a technologist uh, to, be, to be a fit for the business uh, business on the basis that technology has never been as accessible as it has or is it, as it is today. There is just a wealth of platforms out there across the different sectors, be it you know, cloud services, be it enterprise solutions, et cetera, et cetera. There is a wealth of platforms out there which have become more simple to use, more easily accessible, and more affordable. Which brings me to the next point. You don't need to be insanely well-funded either. There are so many different options, and there are so many different um, subscription methodologies to access this technology at the moment that I would really encourage you to try it. Because you know, there's pay for uh, pay-as-you-go subscriptions. There's you know, um, uh, easy trial, you know, where there's no commitment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So look around and find some solutions which are right for you. What I would say, and what I 100% do agree with, is it is confusing, and there is a lot of choice out there at the moment. And that comes back to what's driving Vodafone and my my thinking at the moment, because I recognise that actually. Driving productivity for the small business sector is not a nice to do, it's a need to do. It's 99.9% .9 of the business community in the UK. If the SME community doesn't succeed, the UK economy doesn't succeed. So it's incumbent on all big corporates to drive the success of the small business community. And digital productivity, or digital will drive productivity, um, but it is confusing. So what we've done is three key things um, within Vodafone. The first is we've created what we call the, the V-Hub platform. And this is a knowledge centre, an online knowledge centre, which is free, firstly, and accessible to everyone. So it's accessible to Vodafone customers, but also non-Vodafone customers. And it's focused on providing education and awareness 
on how you can digitally transform your business. So it's you know, got an array of different uh, content, be it podcasts, webinars, etc., 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 all focused around giving you more insight, more intelligence, and more information on an unbiased fashion. It's not just our information. You know, we work with other corporates on it to help you make better decisions around your digital transformation journey. In addition to that, as well as the Knowledge Center, there's also free one-to-one -one consultations. So we've got a team of digital advisors who you can phone free of charge. Again, again, you don't need to be a Vodafone customer. And these individuals can't sell to you. All they can do is provide support and advice and guidance. Their whole focus and their whole existence is uh, focused on providing unbiased advice and unbiased guidance to help you address some of the specific digital transformation needs that you've got within your business. Which moves me on to the second piece, because if you're clear what the digital transformation needs are, we've then got our Business Connected platform, where we've partnered with Enterprise Nation. Enterprise Nation is a small business community, for those of you who don't know it. But we've partnered with Enterprise Nation to provide 150,000 small businesses with free training, um, either via e-learning solutions, webinars, workshops, etc., etc all over the course of the next 12 months. We've already supported 80,000 small businesses uh, through our Business Connected platform. I go back to the point, it is free, you don't need to be a customer, and it is designed to help you with your digital transformation journey. The third and final point is we've just introduced our Digital Boost um, product, which is, I've talked a lot um, here about the benefits of social media and uh, some of the challenges that small businesses focus or have uh, in terms of gaining new customers and getting awareness and you know, sort of building their online presence. What we've done is with uh, some of our tariffs now, we're providing £200 of uh, free um, social media credits. So you, know, you can promote your business online, we will give you the training, we'll give you the advice, and then we'll also give you the money to go away um, and actually get your businesses set up on social media and promoted. And we've seen some fantastic results for some of the small businesses that we've worked with on that. So listen, that was all I was going to go through today. Thank you so much for listening. If you are going through a digital transformation journey, I wish you every luck and every success. If there is anything that Vodafone can do, we are more than happy to help. But uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That was superb. Uh, good partnership with Enterprise Nation. Yep. I didn't fully know about that. I'm a yes. huge fan. Emma Jones, co-founder of Startup yes. Britain. Oh, well. Um, I was very intrigued about how Vodafone looks after you, um, uh, because I think we can learn from larger companies. So is, there, is, there, is there a trick that we should know about, something that they've done, particularly over the last couple of years, that just shows that they care about you? So uh, that's a great question, actually. They are placing a lot more focus on wellness. They've just introduced what they call the Spirit Days. Mm -hmm. And Spirit Days are one day every quarter where you have to focus on either your wellness or uh, training in your development. So you're not allowed actually to be on your laptop. You're not allowed to be doing work stuff. Yeah. It has to be focused on your wellness and your development, which is a great way. It's a really engaging way uh, for allowing our teams to get out and do different things. Love it. Some of our guests' minds were drifting off to the top shelf there when they heard about Spirit Days, <laughs> but that's not what you're talking about. No. One thing I want to unpack a bit more yep. is how we keep focused on our business, but don't miss out on the next big thing. Yep. And something you've talked a lot about is that just being aware, yes. being a magpie. So it can be quite confusing, couldn't it? Because busy, right? Yes. So and, and, and this is a challenge. I think it's, um, yeah, 
I really recognise the fact that actually trying to work in your business and get everything done and the response, etc., whilst looking at what might be coming next mm. is a big challenge. And it is confusing. There is a lot going on, which is why we're so focused on the advice and why we're so focused on trying to connect businesses with either other businesses. But a lot of what we think um, helps small businesses at the moment is connecting them with other small businesses yeah. who are going through a similar thing, who have stories which maybe allow the other businesses to learn. And it's just a way of sharing stories, sharing ideas from someone similar to them. It builds very nicely on that community point. And uh, I'm going to save my other questions for you yeah. as you uh, hopefully stay with us, Andrew, yeah, yeah, join no our problem. panel. Uh, let's say a massive thank you to Andrew Stevens from Vodafone. Fantastic. Fantastic.